and welcome to Advisors and On, where expertise, knowledge and experience are sought from the world's leading thinkers and performers in professional services. And this is all done anonymously. Their purpose is to openly share with no ulterior motive. Today's topic is focused around strategic recruitment of team and how that can deliver your vision. So without naming yourself or your business, why should people listen to you? Please tell us a little bit about yourself and share your passion for this topic. So uh, we've, I'm a co-founder of a, a strategic recruitment and talent, advi talent advisory business, which we've been running for six and a half years. Uh, my background is I'm a chartered accountant, qualified with a top 10 firm in London. I worked at the big four before founding a, biz a business advisory division with a large regional practice. From there, I founded a successful business uh, marketing advertising business. And one of the reasons we founded the business we're, we're doing today around recruitment is that we were frustrated as employers with how difficult it was to build and find brilliant people for your team. And I think the reason why it's so important is because recruitment is consistently listed or finding good people is consistently listed as one of the first or second biggest barriers to a business's success. So that's why I think it's such an important topic that I'm very passionate about. So the first thing to talk about is really to set the scene of, of the recruitment um, environment, what's going on in the wider world, particularly over the last 18 months, with it being November in 2021. We've obviously had difficult uh, conditions in terms of uh, COVID, also with political um, issues like Brexit. And just the general market has actually really moved on, particularly over the, over the last 18 months. But one of the things I really want to stress is that the, the things I'm talking about are underlying trends that are, are going, have been going on for a number of years and will continue to go along for a number of years, even outside of what's happened for the last 18 months. But the main thing is what's happened is because of the uncertainty, a lot of businesses have been waiting to see what happens. So they felt a lot of people we speak to feel they say it feels like feels like it's coming out of a recession, and the things are starting to get going on, uh, get going again. But what's that? What that has meant is that there's two things going on. So firstly, you've got a lot more employers in the marketplace who are looking to recruit for positions, and if you combine this with a shortage of candidates, what the result is that it's taken a lot more time and money for people to find the right people. And the other thing that's really important to bear in mind is that there's, a, there's, a, there's definitely a mismatch of expectations between what maybe employers are looking for in terms of when they're going out into the marketplace and what candidates are looking for when they're looking to apply and join a team. If I look at really salary, to give you a really uh, current example, uh, we, we recruited for an, a national uh, retailer at January this year for an HR advisor. And we're now recruiting for the same position again because they're growing their team in November. So in the space of 10 months, the salary has increased by 20%. So that's, that's just one example of, of a role where you can see there's a movement in the market. If you're looking at technical development roles, this can go up even higher and has gone up even higher. So the first thing I really want to highlight is that we're in a competitive market. No longer can you go out into the marketplace and offer a salary, the same salary as everyone else, and expect someone to come and join your team. You need to give them a more compelling reason why they should want to choose to come and work with you. And that's really important to remember. Someone is choosing to come and join your team. And why is this happening? So from a candidate's point of view, they're looking at much more than just the salary. 
what they're looking at now is what is the vision of this business? Where is it going? What are the values? So what rules and things, what do we believe in as a team? What's the culture like? What are the long-term prospects? Does this business support my aspirations? And ultimately, will this team be somewhere I can make a difference? But what actually is underlying this is some, there's some stats that are quite worrying really, which um, underlying the recruitment um, industry, which is a study by Worksome, which is a consultancy business, found that 33% of hires leave within the first six months of joining a team. And this rises to 46% within the first 18 months. And the second stat, which is really important, is that 89% of the time when someone looks good on paper but doesn't work out, this is due to poor cultural or value fit. So this is what's underlying that is going on in the market. And, not, and the good news is these are things that you can do something as in your business to make a difference and change. So what about employers? Because most employers aren't helping themselves and they find recruitment to be, and finding pe good people for their team to be a massive pain. But actually in any business, you've got three resources, <clears throat> which are time, so your time, your energy, and your money. Now, with recruitment, because it's, um, as I said, 46% of people after 18 months leave, 89% of people don't work out because of cultural fit, the less time you have, because when you go into the market, if, you, if, you, if you've got an immediate problem, the more energy and money it takes to find the right person. So I want you to remember this as we go through what I'm gonna talk about today and put it into your recruitment. So the first thing is, that recruitment is an investment, an investment in your people. It's not a cost. People often see it as a cost, but it's, it's, an, it's an investment. And what this doesn't mean is someone starting in your team, because a traditional focus is someone starts in a job and then recruitment's done, it's finished. That's, that's the end of it. But actually successful return on investment is that person performing in your team. That's when the recruitment process has ended. And this is, why, this is why it's such a challenge, because there's a focus on finding people, not on the person performing. But why is it complicated and why is it such a drain? It's because it is complicated for a number of reasons. So firstly, you've got a number of different players in any business. So you've got the board, the board of directors, you might have the HR department, you've got the hiring manager who's actually looking to hire for that position. You've got other departments who might be involved at some point throughout the recruitment process. And there's a really important questions that you need to ask yourselves. So who do we need and why? Who's involved? Who has ownership of the process? What is our process? How do we assess candidates? How do we attract them? And then ultimately, what is success for this role? Because you've got such a varied group of people involved in a business and, it's, and it can become quite complicated because you've got a number of questions you need to ask, particularly around ownership and who's gonna be managing and running this process. A typical timeline that we see for recruitment, and often when we first work with people, I mean, this is pretty much unanimous. When we first start working with people, they will say, we need people yesterday. When can you, when can you get started? I want, them, I want them now. And this is happening because actually what's really going on is because you've got this group of complicated people within the business, is that the need for recruitment arises. But then what happens is because it's not considered as part of your overall strategic activities, it's sort of left until it becomes an immediate problem. And this is when someone, particularly hiring manager, will say, look, I'm desperate for people, or it's an immediate issue, and the board acts. Then the recruitment process starts, you go through that. Then the person starts, 
And then, as I said, it finishes when the person's performing. Now, this could take 18 months for someone to, for the need of recruitment to arise to someone performing in your team. So this is a really important point, which is that you should be thinking about your recruitment as part of your overall strategy. And it often isn't considered that. And this is something that we that we really stress that you look at and you bring in as part of your overall strategy in the same way you would with your finance strategy, your commercial strategy, and your operational strategy. Recruitment and finding people for your team who perform is ultimately should be part of your overall strategy. <clears throat> as I said, a lot of people think recruitment is finding people, but then those more informed people will think recruitment may run like this. So you identify that need that we talked about, you agree the criteria for the person coming into the role, then create the job description, you plan your timeline, you advertise it, you find them, you interview them, and then that person starts and then ultimately is performing. But the key thing is, and then when you have recruitment as part of your strategic processes with, with, with everything else, the best recruitment isn't linear. So, and, and this is a really important point, because what's happening is, as I said, you've got different groups within a business. Recruitment is often done in isolation in, a, in their individual departments. But what you're losing out on there is a whole load of data, which is what message resonated with the candidates that we're looking to attract. What was it about our business and our values and our culture that, that made them want to apply and be join our team? What questions worked well? What, um, what, was our, what was our interview process? Who was involved when? And to give you a real example, um, again, with another client we worked with, it used, to, it used to take them an average 180 days to bring someone into their team. And by moving, taking all this data and putting it into a cyclical process is reduced down to six weeks. So this is the impact that it can have. So how do you get to recruitment to be cyclical? Which is you plan what you're going to do as a team, you then execute that process, bring in the insights and share them with the wider business, make the improvements and then go again. And you keep doing that until you get onto a flywheel. And this is how, why it's so important that recruitment is just not seen as finding people and you don't leave it to become an immediate problem. Because really there's only three reasons why you would recruit. The first one is your business is growing. So you, you need more people. The second reason is you want to make efficiency improvements, so you want to improve something within your business. And the last one, which people often forget, is your attrition, which is people leaving your business. You will have natural attrition, so people will always leave your business, and hopefully your business is growing. And this is why it's so important, that because all three of those can be planned for if you take a strategic approach to your recruitment and don't leave it until the last minute when it becomes a really important and, and big issue to you and you're rushing out into the market, not knowing what you're doing, and it becomes a real problem, it takes your time and energy. So, and the last thing I'm talking about is a couple of things, which is things that you can do to make an immediate improvement and take your recruitment to a more strategic level. So, and the first way of doing this is by asking three questions. So rather than, um, as I said, leaving it to a problem and going out and creating a job description that talks about you, we're X limited, we've been training for 50 years, which people aren't interested in, and then not having a clear, consistent criteria as, what's, as why someone would be good or not, and then bundling a load of, of, of criteria and things into, into the requirements for the role, take a minute and ask these three questions before you start. So the first question is, why are we recruiting for this role? 
And that might sound obvious, but I mean at a strategic level. So if I take sales, for example, a lot of people will say, we need, we need more sales. We need more sales. So therefore we get a salesperson. But why at strategic level are you recruiting for this role? Why do you need more sales? Are you going into a new market? Are you opening a new division? Is there some other reason, a higher strategic level across your business, why you're looking to bring into this, per this person to your team? And again, there's numerous examples where we've worked with clients where simply asking this question can actually change the role that you're looking to recruit for. Because what you might think you want one thing, but when you take it up that level to a strategic level, it could be something else. The second question to ask is, what does success look like for this person in this role in 12 months time? So we know why we're recruiting for them, but what does success look like? And again, people often forget this because they go out saying, I need sales. How many sales? What type of sales? Who, what is it? So what does success look like in a clear, consistent way in 12, in 12 months time? And then the last question to ask is, what does this person need to do on a day-to-day -day basis to achieve this success? Because unless you know that, how do you know if recruitment has been successful or not? And what I mean by that is, are they performing in the role? Are they delivering the strategic aspiration that you had for the role? And the measures, the, the measures that you put in place to understand whether that's been a success. Because again, what we often see a lot, and, and this might sound familiar to, 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 to listeners, is you'll start with an idea of a job that you want to do, and then you'll bolt in other things that they might want to do as well. So you'll start with sales, and you'll say, well, why don't I do some account management? Or wouldn't it be nice if they do some marketing as well? And you end up with losing sight of why you're originally hiring this person. And you end up with, we call them a Franken job, where there, there's a million different things in there that no one could do. So if you keep it simple, even in a competitive market, and you're clearly communicating why you're hiring it, what success looks like for this person, you'll make it easy for someone to understand why they would want to come and join your team and what 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 success looks like for that role. This leads me on to the, my final point, which is around criteria. Again, criteria is one of the biggest reasons why people fail in finding the right people, because they're not communicating the things that really matter to the candidate. As I said, people are looking for more than just uh, a salary. They're looking for a company that's got a vision, clear goals, and, 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 and a culture that supports them to achieve that success. But how do you do that from criteria when the main tool of the trade and recruitment is the CV? And the CV is actually, uh, there was a study by a company called the Chemistry Group, which found that it's only actually a CV-led approach is only effective 25% of the time. Because all it's doing is telling you where someone worked before in a different job that's in a different company, different environment, completely different to yours. Because past performance is not a predictor of future success. So the main tool of the trade in, in recruitment is the CV. And you're often going out in a panicked state with, I need to find someone with sales. And you'll put in place arbitrary criteria, which means you won't find someone, you won't be competitive, and you won't attract the right people. A good example of this is a said is years of experience. So arbitrary number that you've plucked out of the air. If they've got five years of experience, they must be good, right? Well, no, because someone could have been in a company sitting there under the radar for five years and not performing in that role. It's like a one-legged stool. So how can you go about creating an assessment process and a way of communicating your business in a better way? 
Well, there's four areas you can look at, and we call it the, the microscope, which is the first, the first thing you should be looking at is capability, which is could someone do well in this role and achieve the targets that we've set? And what this does is it opens you up from being very narrow in this competitive market that we're looking for and broadens your pool of available people by a huge amount. And again, I'll give you a real example of this is that we worked with a client who's looking for a project manager. And they said they must have a, uh, initially, I must have a Prince 2 qualification, which is a, a qualification of project management. By focusing on capability, the person who actually ended up getting the job was from an events background and had worked coordinating and organizing events, but was really good at speaking to the clients, which is what ultimately what they wanted. So this is an example that highlights the things that hopefully I've, that I've been talking about, whereas you focus on capability, not, not their past experience, that immediately opens you up. The second area to focus on is environment. So what is your environment? What is the environment for this role? A lot of work, most jobs now we're, we're working on a hybrid or hybrid roles working from home. What is your environment in your business? So is the environment conducive with the person performing well in this job? So for a developer, for example, if you've got a really noisy office, can they do the job in the environment? You need to be able to communicate what your environment is like to attract the right person. So I feel like it sounds like a place I could be. The third point is addressing that statistic of 89% people leaving the business, which is your values, your vision, and your culture. What are they? Where are you going? Can you communicate this succinctly? Can you say, we are X limited, and this is where we wanna go, and this is what we're trying to achieve. These are our values. This is what we believe in as a team. And this is a culture that we, that we have to support you in achieving the things that you want to perform, uh, achieve by joining our team. Can you communicate that? And also, do you lead with that? I would suggest that, you're, that when you're advertising a job, you should be focusing on leading with, do you agree with these values? Does this sound like you? Is this a, is this a team that you want to join? Is this a culture that you want to join? Talk about what your environment's like, your culture, not just, oh, we've got a ping pong table, but we support each other. You know, we, we, we're a team. Whatever's important to you, communicate that. Then you can also use that as, as, as when you're questioning, you're creating interview questions or, or criteria around your values, your vision and your culture. The last, the last point is motivation. So a lot of people leave, leave a job or, or don't perform in a job because they're not motivated. So try and understand what motivates this person, what would motivate this person to do well in the role. That's easier for some roles than others. So if sales might be, you know, sales is, a, is an easy one with, it might be commission or, or something like that. But other, other roles are looking, for, other people are looking for more than just a job. They're looking for, as I said, a, a, someone that can support their career growth, or it might be your businesses in a charitable sector or as a, as a B Corp, you've got a higher level reason for that person wanting to come in. If that motivates you, then you will apply for that job. So what I would say is you can use those four key areas to move away from this CV approach that doesn't work into a more rounded approach that's focusing on could someone do the job in your environment, be part of your team, buy into your vision, your values and your culture, and ultimately be motivated in the position. And this is why it's so important that you take recruitment away from being this, this problem and, and, and an issue into a strategic activity that you can plan for 
and you can go out and you can ultimately broaden the pool of people that you're looking for and, and, and people will actually want to come to you because you can communicate in a succinct way why they should want to join your team, what success looks like, and you've got an easy way of comparing them when they come through the process. So hopefully today um, I've given you some ideas, some thoughts and some, and some improvements that you can use to take your recruitment from where it is today to elevate it to deliver your vision. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I nearly named you then, so I'm glad I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really, really insightful and uh, so much to think about, isn't there? Uh, that many people don't, you're, you're quite right. Certainly from my experience, so many people are just still flicking through those CVs that people have been doing for decades. And, and um, yeah, so much has changed in that period of time, haven't they? So, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't have any, I'd written a few things down and then you addressed them as the whole thing went on. So I thought it was really fantastic, well delivered. Uh, just want to say a big, massive thank you to you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me along. And hopefully I'll give some people some food for thought.